Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. I believe with all my heart that our gathering here is not a waste of time. I believe that when the Lord says that we're going to advance this year, He means what He says. Listen, I believe that the reason why my walk with God has so much results is because I don't like to kid myself. Does this thing work or not? Let's not joke. I don't play around. I just naturally don't like to waste my time. I have tested, I have seen, I have found this God to be dependable. Say amen if that's your testimony. So as we prepare for the year, listen, this is not motivation. This is prophecy. Everything you see came to be by words. In the realm of the spirit, talk is not cheap. Did you hear what I said? Talk is the currency of the spirit. God said, let there be, and there was. You know, so I just want to create the tone for the year. Turn your Bibles, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 20. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 20. One of the shortest verses in the entire Bible, but very instructive. Are you there this morning? All right, read to, together with me. One, two, go. Do not despise prophecies. Some of you use KJV, and that's fine. All right, read from KJV. One, two, go. Despise not. Read it again. Say, despise not what? Now, this is so instructive. You know, some people wonder why we gather together like this. Maybe watch night service. You were here watch night service. You're here this morning. Why? Is your gathering going to count for anything? Oh, yes, it's going to count for much. Why do we believe in our gathering, in our praying, in all that we do? I will tell you why. Because we believe in prophecy. Hallelujah. He says, despise not prophecy. That's so instructive. Let me tell you this. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 46 verse 10, God speaking, he said, I declare the end from the beginning. And from ancient times, things not yet done. Saying, my counsel will stand and I will execute all of my purpose. Listen, for the natural man, at the beginning of the year like this, all you have is optimism. You're just optimistic. You don't really know what the year holds. So the natural man is waiting to see what will happen. Oh, I hope this year will be good. We don't hope. We know how to condition the year. Listen, 2022 has no choice but to be good. Because he says, I declare the end from the beginning. The Hebrew word used there is very interesting. It's akin to someone declaring, you know, a newscaster telling you the news. Telling you what is happening in the country. And he's telling you by prophecy, you can hear tomorrow's news today. Did you hear what I said? That's what it means by declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things not yet done. So at the beginning of the year, you can declare with God and say his counsel will stand. That's why we're here rejoicing. Our hope is not empty. We're not going to blush in shame because of our hope. Hallelujah. 
We declare the end from the beginning. Let me tell you this. Or instead of just quoting verbatim or um, offhand, I want to read it to you. It's a text you know. Turn your Bibles, Revelation chapter 1, verse 8. Very powerful, and I'll help you see how this relates to what we're here to do. Revelation chapter 1, verse 8. Come on, are you there? Read Revelation chapter 1, verse 8, loud as you can, one, two, go. Listen, I don't like the way you're reading. You, 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 holiday has ended. Read together, one, two, go. The beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come. The Almighty. Listen, only God can talk like this. He says, I'm Alpha and Omega. These are some expressions that cannot be understood by a mere man. How can you be Alpha and Omega at the same time? How can you be beginning and end? It's hard to explain. Listen, it is to your advantage that you reckon that God does not live in time. Has that ever occurred to you? That God does not live in time. The one who created time has to live outside time. He's not bound by time. He's not controlled by time. And so for you, this is the beginning of the year. But listen, from God's perspective, he sees beginning and end at the same time. He's in the beginning and at, at the end at the same time. So listen, it is to your advantage that you reckon that you serve a God who not only knows tomorrow, but holds tomorrow. Come on, are you with me? What a statement to make. I am Alpha and Omega. Beginning and end. No wonder all his children enter into the year with such confidence. Because for the natural man, you're wondering, oh, what will tomorrow hold? But we know what tomorrow holds. In fact, we don't even know, we don't need to know what tomorrow holds. We need to know who holds tomorrow. Are you listening to me? What a statement. That when God is giving a counsel, he's giving that counsel, he's giving that word with perfect understanding of the past, of the present, and of the future. I am Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end. The one who was, the one who is, the one who is to come. And that changes everything for us as his children. Look at what he told John in verse 19. <laughs> he said, write these things which you have seen. And the things which are. And the things which shall take place after this. Oh my God. So now, he's telling him, write. Listen, journalists know how to write history. Historians know how to write history. Journalists know how to record the present and tell you what is happening. But now, when the one who is giving you counsel, giving you a prophetic word is the one talking to you, he doesn't just tell you to write what is happening. He said, write the things which you have seen, and the things which are, and the things which are to come. So now, he says, pick up a pen. I want to tell you what will happen. Pick up a pen and begin to write. That's the God that we serve. Let me tell you something. There are some things that will happen this year that he has, we have already written. We have declared the end from the beginning. And we don't wait to see it to begin to rejoice. Come on, are you here with me? 
He said it's the year of a greater light. Do you believe it? We are growing in power and influence for the gospel. So he says, take out your pen and begin to write. Take out your pen. Some people write what has happened. Some people write what will happen. That's the place of prophecy. The place of prophetic giftings. Take out your pen and begin to write. Can I prophesy this morning? Lift your hands if you believe. I prophesy. Every word and every counsel of the Lord concerning your life will be fulfilled. It will be fulfilled in dramatic fashion. It will be fulfilled in miraculous fashion. It will happen in a way that even skeptics will know this is the hand of God. Let me tell you this. When the magicians of Egypt saw the miracles, they themselves said, it wasn't the children of God that told him. He says, this is the finger of God. This one will pass us. <laughs> the things that will happen in your life will be so strange, everybody will know only God could have done this. Yeah. Say amen like you believe. Yeah. Say amen like you believe. Yeah. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. Hallelujah. Please be seated. But then you need to know how to take advantage of prophecy. Let me tell you this. The reason why many people think prophecy does not work is because they don't know what to do with it. Listen, prophecy is not always predictive. Sometimes it is instructive. Meaning, many times there is a part to play. There is a part for you to play to see it come to fulfillment. Sometimes it's instructive. Cast your net for a great catch. That's instructive. That's instructive. Run. I hear a sound of an abundance of rain. That's instructive. So, when God tells you it's your year of a greater light, you see, there are some things that you have no part in. For instance, when God tells you ahead of time that he's going to send his son to die, you have no part in that. You just believe and receive. But especially when it pertains to your life, many times there is a positioning that you must have. There is something that you must do. Hallelujah. And we want to use this month of January to prepare ourselves. God is going to position us. You know what the theme for this month of January is? It's called the fifth gear. Hallelujah. And everyone who drives a car or knows a thing or two about cars knows what I'm talking about. Even though it's old manual technology, but the fifth gear represents, you know, the fastest speed of a car. I was saying, you can position yourself for more. Amen, someone. You can experience new acceleration and substantial improvements. And we're going to spend... The rest of this month talking about how you can see that. And the first thing I want to talk about, the first thing that you must learn to do to experience more this year, to experience new acceleration this year, is Thanksgiving. And I'm not saying this because it's the first Sunday of the year. I'm saying this because this is a teaching of the Word of God. Let me tell you this. Thanksgiving is something that hardly makes it to people's New Year resolution. People hardly see it as something they need to do to get better. They hardly see it that way. 
instead of hearing many people say, God, thank you, you are more likely to hear them say, God, when? And we might be joking about it and all of that, but listen, we need to develop consciously an attitude of gratitude. Hallelujah. I'm going to show you in the next few minutes how important Thanksgiving is. You know, for many people, Thanksgiving is something you do at the end. When someone fulfills a promise, then you say thank you. When something good has happened, then you say thank you. But what I want to show you is that Thanksgiving is something you do at the beginning. In our kingdom, you do it when? Those are the two things I just want to establish in the next few minutes. You see, the Bible tells us a very interesting story. In John chapter 6, the Bible tells us that Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee and a multitude followed him when they saw the miracles that he did. And after they had been with him many days, Jesus looked at all of them and said, we have to give these people food to eat. And Philip, who was very forward, said, even if we spend 200 denarii, we can't feed all these people. But the Bible says Jesus only said that, you know, testing them. He only asked for their opinion to test them. So he used this as an opportunity to teach something, meaning there is an important lesson here to learn. You know, some of you here, you don't really know what to do. You have a business idea, there is no capital. You have a prophetic word about ministry, you don't know how to go about it. This is a similar situation that the disciples were in. There's a multitude in front of you. They are hungry, they are tired, but you don't know how to feed them. What do you do when you don't know what to do? The Bible says Jesus knew what to do. So from Jesus' actions, we can learn what to do. And the Bible says, Jesus told them, he says, tell everybody to sit down. And the young boy who had five loaves and two fish, he took that somewhat inconsequential provision. Some of you, what you have in your account cannot fulfill <laughs> what you have in mind to do this year. But he took that. And in verse 11, the Bible says, And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to those who were sitting, and likewise the fish, as many as they wanted. Listen, so what did he do? He lifted up the bread, he gave thanks, he broke it, and they began to share. And now, for many people, the order is totally different in their head. They think the miracle has to happen first. And then you say, thank you. But Jesus gave thanks at the beginning. As simple as this is, it's very profound. Thanksgiving is not something you do merely when you see a miracle. Thanksgiving is a step of faith. Thanksgiving is a step you take knowing that the miracle has already happened. So you think ahead of time. Listen, you are surrounded by hungry people, surrounded by your needs, surrounded by your problems, and you give thanks. What if you do that today? You're not waiting to see what will happen. You give thanks at the beginning. It's January, people. The first Sunday of the year. A good time to act on the word of God. Say loud, amen. 
So I don't have the capital, but I'm going to thank. I don't really know how I'm going to go about it, but I'm going to be thankful. I don't even know who is going to help me yet, but I'm going to be thankful. And thanksgiving in the realm of the Spirit is a law for multiplication. I want you to see something in Jeremiah chapter 30. Very powerful text in Jeremiah chapter 30 verse 19. Oh, glory to God. Open this quickly. It's going to bless you. Very powerful verse and instructive. Are you in Jeremiah 30 verse 19? It says, Then out of them shall proceed thanksgiving and the voice of those who make merry. So he says, he's talking about God's people. He says, out of you shall proceed thanksgiving and the voice of those who make merry. And what did, what did he say will happen? He says, I will multiply them. Oh, glory to God. Thanksgiving brings multiplication. When, listen, when the praises go up, when, when the voice of thanksgiving comes from us, he says, I will multiply them. This is what happened to the bread. This is how come five loaves can feed 5,000 people and there are 12 baskets left. This is a principle in the kingdom. The problem with many of you is you are waiting for the conditions to be perfect to start. For the money in your account to be complete to start. This is a principle. Listen, listen, listen. I'm not trying to motivate you. I'm giving you a prophetic instruction. Do you know what you need to do? Thank God and move forward. <laughs> because this is the word of God. He says, when, the, when thanksgiving proceeds from us, he says, I will multiply them. I will multiply them. And what did he say? And they shall not be what? What does your Bible say? I will multiply them and they shall not be what? Oh my God. I will multiply them and they shall not be few. I will glorify them and they shall not be small. Do you believe the word of the Lord today? As we praise and thank today, things will multiply in your life. I'm telling you, thanksgiving is a simple law for creative miracles. You want what is inadequate in your hands to multiply? Start praising about it. You've been grumbling about it, start praising about it. Two very quick things as I begin to round off that you must abominate in your life this year. Number one is complaining. Number one is complaining. Let me tell you this. You see, in social science, there is something called culture shock. And what we simply mean by that is there is a culture where you grew up, where you grew up, where you live. There is how people do things, how people relate to one another. But when you go to another com community that is different from yours, you will often find that they have a culture that is totally different. And just as the phrase um, suggests, many of the things they do will shock you. I remember growing up, you know, as a child, you know, it was the younger ones that used to wash plates for the whole house. And I hated it. <laughs> then I went to a family friend's house for a holiday. And to my shock, when we were done eating, the mother of the house said, everybody wash your plates. So I said, ah, is that how they do it here? 
And they said yes. And I gave my older ones that look like, you see, you see. <laughs> you see, when I met. <laughs> there is a culture shock in the kingdom. There are things that are natural in the earthly realm that are a shock where we come from. It is natural to complain and to grumble. Things are not working. I don't really know. I've tried. I don't know. Nothing is working. But in the realm of the spirit, it's a sin. Are you listening to me? Please. This is very simple and very instructive. You see, Paul told the church at Corinth, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, I think verse 10, he says, and don't murmur as they murmured. As they murmured in the wilderness and were destroyed by the destroyer. Murmuring brings destruction. Just the same way thanksgiving brings multiplication. Murmuring brings destruction. I'm not saying that the things you are complaining about are not legitimate concerns. But listen, this is the strategy of the spirit. This is a prophetic word to you. Refuse to murmur. Refuse to complain. Change your perspective. Let me tell you this. Many times, it seems as if science is catching up to the word of God. And some of you, until a scientist tells you, you won't just receive what the word of God says. You know, now scientists tell us that people who have an optimistic perspective to life and are, and are grateful and are happy and are excited, you know, they are exempt from so many common sicknesses and ailments, you know, and so many unnecessary things. But what I just said now, the Bible teaches. Refuse to complain. Refuse to murmur. Listen, so you are not complaining. Um, you are not refusing to complain because everything is working. You are giving thanks because you are walking the word. Are you listening to me? So now, this is what the word of God says. It says, in everything, give thanks. Did he say because everything is working? He says, because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So, our perspective to gratitude is different. In the world, people do something nice and you say thank you. Mm -mm. We give thanks because it's the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning us. Listen, it, that's how we are. We are thankful. We are not overwhelmed and perturbed by trials and challenges. Always thankful. In front of the Red Sea, we are thankful. When we have crossed to the other side, we are thankful. He says, in everything. When you have plenty, we are thankful. When we are trusting for more, we are thankful. In everything. Refuse to complain. Do you know what? Thanksgiving does. It puts us in position to see creative miracles work. Let me tell you this. The Bible says when God created man, he said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make a help meet for him. But then, what did God do? He made man sleep. <laughs> he made man do what? And from that deep sleep, he took a rib from the man, and from the rib of the man, he made a woman. You will only see the creative power of God when you are at rest. Did you hear what I said? When you are at rest. That's why even in that wilderness, before Jesus 
broke the bread and gave thanks. He said, let everybody sit down. Let everybody sit down. There is a position of the heart when that conditions miracles to occur. Not when you're complaining, not when you're grumbling, not when you're anxious. He says, be anxious for nothing. He says, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your request known unto God. With thanksgiving. Even when you are making a request, you must give thanks. Not when the request has been granted, but as you are giving. This is the culture of the kingdom. Refuse to complain. And then the second thing I want to talk about is very similar also. Refuse to compare. Are you listening to me? You see, when we compare, we usually compare the best attributes of people with the average attributes we have. Comparison is almost never fair. Almost never. And sometimes we don't even see it. Some of you, your parents have done so well for you. Maybe your dad was the first graduate in your entire generation. And he worked hard, sent you to a good school. Now you go to school and you see people who have passed down 10 generations of wealth. And you are comparing yourself to them. You're comparing yourself to them. You don't even see that comparatively, your family has done better. Some of these people, respectfully, maybe they didn't even do anything. All they have was given to them. And they also have a lot to be thankful for. Listen, when we stop comparing with others, we will see what God has done. Comparison minimizes the work of God in your hands. It minimizes the miracles of God in your hands. This year, refuse to compare. Refuse. Refuse social media pressure. You know, I've said it before, we have an oppressive culture. Everything, even it, it choke. We're always trying to, <laughs> always trying to choke someone. Always trying to pepper. Listen, can't you just look good and <laughs> appreciate it? You say, pepper. Why do you, why must it always be at someone else's expense? This year, refuse it. Hallelujah. And learn to live light. Even when people are trying to start a competition, just give them a medal. I, I, I have that culture. <laughs> when someone is trying to compare, I will just give you all the accolades. Listen, make sure you live light. Are you listening to me? This will help you so much. This will help you refuse to compare. The Bible says they that compare themselves with themselves are not wise. It's a foolish thing to do. Reject foolishness this year. Say, I reject foolishness in the name of Jesus. Come on, say, I reject foolishness in the name of Jesus. I'm rounding up now. If you have a prayer language, begin to speak in tongues for a bit. tongues. Come on. Thank you, Lord.
Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Final thing I'm going to share with you, still on Thanksgiving. The Bible tells us in 2 Chronicles 20, that news came to Jehoshaphat that three armies were coming against him. You know, sometimes you feel overwhelmed. You know that what is standing before you, by a natural assessment, you cannot conquer. Like I asked earlier, what do you do when you don't know what to do? You look ahead. The things you are meant to do this year. Maybe that master's program. You don't even know where the fees will come from. Or maybe that project, you don't even know how it's going to happen. What do you do when you don't know what to do? And Jehoshaphat was very smart. He knew the power of prophecy. So he gathered God's people together. And they began to pray. As they began to pray, a man named Jehazel stood up and prophesied. And said, thus says the Lord, the battle is not yours, it's the Lord's. He says, in this battle, you shall not need to fight. Oh my God. Listen, you need to learn to respond the way Jehoshaphat responded. That prophecy was enough for him. The moment God said, I mean, it's, I mean, we will not need to fight. You know what he did? He just laid prostrate and thanked God. Then he stood up and said, Hear, O Israel! Believe the Lord and you shall prosper. Believe his prophet and you shall be established. As if that was not enough. He began to act on the word of God. Let me tell you this. Oh my God. Jehoshaphat is one of the biggest men of faith in the entire Bible. Many people don't know that. This was his response. If God said, we will not need to fight, why are we carrying weapons? <laughs> I know you've read the story that they went to the battleground and they praised and they sang and then God discomfited the enemy. But it is even more ridiculous to realize God did not categorically tell them not to carry weapons. He just believed the word. If God said we will not need to fight, then we don't need to carry weapons. And so, he just said, believe the Lord and you shall be established. Believe his prophets and you shall prosper. If the prophecy said we will not need to fight, Leave your weapons at home. I want you to see this for yourself. Turn your Bibles fast as you can. Second Chronicles 20, verse 21. And so instead of soldiers, he appointed singers. <laughs> he appointed singers. He appointed singers unto the Lord that they should praise the beauty of his holiness. And as they went out before the army and to say, praise the Lord for his mercies endure forever. Let me tell you this. Years ago, I was studying this and the Lord said, check another translation. You see, when KJV says, they praise the beauty of his holiness, you will not really understand it. Do you know what this means? Let me read it to you from the ESV. ESV says he appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in fancy clothes. Listen, 
You missed me. So, if God said we will not need to fight, not only are we going to leave our weapons behind, we will not wear an armor. So, they went to battle dressed for a party. They went to dance. They went to praise. They went to... So when is the beauty of His Holiness? What He was trying to portray was they wore beautiful clothes to demonstrate the holiness of God, to demonstrate the faithfulness. Some of you, you always look like what you are going through. The way you dress alone, they will know you are going through a lot. That, ah, all the burdens of the whole Nigeria, you are carrying it. But these guys, they were going to war, but they did not dress like it. They did not look like it. They wore party clothes to battle. Listen, this is how we fight our battles. This is how we win. And so they went rejoicing, saying, praise the Lord for his mercies endure forever. Praise the Lord for his... That's what they did. And the Bible says, as they were singing and dancing, <laughs> something began to happen in the camp of the enemy. <laughs> Confusion began to set in. Even from a natural standpoint, when you are coming to intimidate people and you see they are not intimidated, they still look happy, they still look... Won't you be confused? See, confused the devil this year. They thought after all, you know, they've done to you and after all the, th the, the rubbish they've thrown at you, all the rubbish they've said at you, you'll be depressed and you'll be sad, but no. <laughs> You're going to wear a smile this year. And you're going to be confident in the goodness of God this year. Hallelujah. So that when your ex checks your Instagram and thinks you'll be moody, no, 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 no. <laughs> this is the time to dress your best, look your best, give life your best, because only God is your foundation. Hallelujah. Don't worry about those who did not believe in you, who did not. Listen, let God alone be your confidence. I'm explaining why we chose to dress so nice this morning. We're about to praise God in the beauty of His holiness. We've come with a heart of gratitude. We've come bearing gifts. And we're going to dance and rejoice. And listen, our dancing is not fickle. It's not light. We will do it from our hearts. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And as you do it, watch things turn around for good. I'm telling you, you're going to see miracles without number. Some of you will get home to good news. Did you hear what I said? I said some of you will get home to good news. Some of you will resume at work to good news. everywhere. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet and just begin to practice singing a song on your own right now. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings. Thank you.